0: I'm Sharon Betters, and you're listening to a conversation that I had with Joy about the challenges of losing her mother to cancer when she was a teenager and how that loss impacted her life. This resource, this conversation, is one of our Help and Hope audio resources produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. You can visit Mark Inc., that's M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org, where you'll find many more free resources that offer help and hope to hurting people. You know, teens face lots of challenges growing up, and sometimes it's a life crisis over which they have no control that turns everything upside down. Joy has faced numerous crises that could crush, I think, adults, let alone a young girl. And her story, we believe, is going to encourage young people and those who love them that there is hope, and that you can even experience joy and purpose even when life doesn't turn out the way that you hoped. Joy, welcome and thank you for your willingness to share your story. We're going to talk about that tumultuous time in your life, but first, how about sharing a little bit about where you are right now?
1: Right now, I am serving as an assistant counselor at a children's home. And it's a place, it's a residential treatment center where kids and their families come to really heal and get space from broken relationships and hard times in their lives. Some are adopted, some have been in the juvenile court system, and they come and live with a house parent couple, and I'm in the house every day with them. And they're there for about a year and a half, two years.
0: How old are the kids that you work with, that you live with?
1: They are middle school and some early high school.
0: And you're 23, so... You're probably the perfect age to reach them. The more I hear about your life story, the more I see how uniquely qualified you are for the role you are in right now in really offering help to kids who have been crushed by circumstances beyond their control. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your mother and what happened in her life that was so impactful in your life?
1: So I grew up with my mom who got cancer about two months after my second sister was born and she battled cancer for eight years. She got breast cancer and then unfortunately it spread to her bone and then her brain. And so I don't really remember a time that well when she didn't have cancer and she died when I was about 10.
0: So so you were about two then?
1: When she was diagnosed? When she got diagnosed, yes. Yeah,
0: when she was diagnosed. So you were about 10 years old when she died. And how old was your sister?
1: I have two younger sisters. They were eight and four.
0: Eight and four. Wow. I, I can imagine what that was like. I had breast cancer, and fortunately, I received really aggressive treatment, and by God's grace, I guess my life wasn't supposed to be over yet on this earth. Mm-hmm. But I remember the chemo and the strain on the family. And our kids were older, so I can only imagine what it was like for your mother to have such young children and to be struggling with that disease. So what happened um, later? You're 10 years old and your mother has died. What what kind of an impact did that have on you as a child? You're the oldest.
1: I would say I was very parentified. I took on the role of taking care of my Sisters when my mom was really tired from chemo and she was really weak. We had a lot of different people, different caregivers that helped her and nannies that would help when my dad was at work, but they always came to ask me the questions and they were usually young people who didn't keep the job for too long. And so I was the constant for my sisters and I thought I had to be really strong all the time. I didn't really show them that I was sad. And I also wanted to be really strong for my dad because I knew he was really having a hard time.
0: Too. That in itself is a huge burden for a child. You know, when I think about who a 10 year old is today, like I have a 10 year old grandchild, and I can imagine them carrying that kind of a burden, how difficult that must have been. So, shortly after your mother died, your father remarried. What was that like for you?
1: It was really good at first. It seemed like we were going to have a quote unquote normal family again, but it did seem it seemed really fast. I really looking back, I wish that he would have waited and just been there with his daughters. But their marriage unfortunately didn't last too long either. They they were married about a couple years into their marriage, she said she wanted a divorce and so she left. And then a few months later she said, No, I changed my mind and she came back and so it was that way on and off for I think a year or so and my dad that was i think that really broke him. I saw him cry all the time. I knew a lot of the details of their relationship and that was that was probably even on top of losing my mom. That was really really hard.
0: You're around 12 when all of this yes. was going on. Yeah. So right. you're taking on a role of an adult in your yes. relationship to your dad, um being his right. confidant and um counselor at times probably um how were your sisters when all this was going on
1: i think they were definitely naive to some things they didn't they weren't as in the know as i was one of them definitely internalized everything and didn't show any emotion she kind of escaped by reading books and then the other one was too young to understand what was going on and the youngest one definitely attached to my stepmom and was sad when she left.
0: How did all this affect your relationship with your dad?
1: Well, obviously, as you said, I was kind of a confidant. And I was kind of the person that he talked to. But it made me really emotionally available for him. And he wasn't really emotionally available for me. So I definitely felt very alone. I felt like none of my friends understood what I was going through. They couldn't really relate to me. And then through that time, I had to keep things from my sisters about their relationship. It just made our relationship really messy.
0: Did you have anyone that you could talk to during that time?
1: I did. I had my youth pastor's wife at church, and I had some of my mom's good friends. Um, my grandmother was someone who was really there for me, so that was really important for me.
0: How did they help you?
1: Um, they were they were there to just listen. Um, they would come um, help me with my sisters. Um, they were there to also check on my dad, um, prayed with me, that was a big thing. And just sometimes I didn't want to reach out to people. And so when they would reach out to me and pursue me, that was really, really meaningful.
0: Did you struggle with depression?
1: Um, I did. I probably didn't know it at the time, but I would definitely say that I went through depression during my teenage years and then some through my college and anxiety too.
0: What um, was there a point that you look back and think that was the lowest point for me at, in my teen years?
1: Probably when my dad, when my dad said that, that his, that my stepmom, my first stepmom um, wanted a divorce because that was just, I felt like, because that was rejection for him and I felt like we were being abandoned and God was taking something away from us that we thought would be good.
0: You mentioned God. How did all this affect your relationship to Him?
1: I grew really close to God. I think I mentioned being feeling alone with my peers. Um, God was who I felt like I could turn to all the time. When I was at rock bottom, I didn't have anyone else to turn to. And so my relationship was really strong through Him. And that was also, it felt like I that connected to me to my mom too because she was really strong in her faith.
0: And how did you connect to the Lord during that time?
1: I prayed a lot and just cried out to God. I read the Bible a lot. I was involved in um, youth group and Bible studies at church. I def- I connected with a lot of with a lot of older people that were very that were spiritual and had a lot of wisdom um, to give.
0: Were these people, um, did they know your mom? Were they friends of your mom? Or were they they people that didn't really know about your background?
1: They were people in our church that everyone in the church knew my mom. And so, yes, they were her friends.
0: So how important, this sounds like a, a silly question to ask, but how important was it for you to maintain the relationship to your church
1: family? That was really pivotal. I don't think I would not have made it without that.
0: I'm thinking about uh, teenagers who these things happen and they're so hurt and feel so abandoned and betrayed and angry. They want to strike out at somebody or something. And especially right. if they're in a family that perhaps they grew up in the church and their response is to reject their relationship to Christ, their religion, quote unquote, because of their anger. How, did you ever have moments like that of, of anger? You mentioned when um, your dad told you about his wife uh, leaving, that you felt as though God was removing the, your safety net in a way, or, or a piece of your life that was going to help you feel more complete.
1: There were certainly times when I, when I was mad at God. I think that's normal through grief and loss. So I can see, I think it's only by the grace of God that I, that I stayed in the church and that I didn't reject that because I think it would have been really easy to do that.
0: Do you think that the fact that there were older people in your church family who pursued you helped to maintain that connection to your church family? How important was that?
1: That was, that was very important. Um, I think it, it could have been different if I hadn't had those people.
0: So for for someone who is listening right now who is has a teenager, maybe someone who is experiencing similar losses to what Joy experienced, and you see that young person turning away, I, I think what Joy is saying is don't stop. Keep running after that child, that young person. Keep offering uh, just to love them. And I, I think the other thing is sometimes we think we have to have answers for the hurting person. Like we have to explain to you, well this is why. This is why this happened. What do you think about that? When when so so there's someone who is in your church who maybe was good friends with your mom and is heartbroken and grieving but loves you wants to reach out to you. How important would it have been for them to have answers? What was the most important thing that they offered to you?
1: The most important thing was really just their presence and really just being there even if they didn't say anything or didn't know what to say, just being there and showing up and not not being afraid to to keep reaching out to me and my family. That was really important.
0: You know, you mentioned that you think being angry is just part of grief. It's we 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 shouldn't look at that and be critical and say that a person is weak. But what about those moments of looking at your life and thinking how could a God who loves me do this to my sisters and to myself and to my dad and to my mom did you ever have moments like that
1: I did I certainly asked God why me why why did you choose this for me why couldn't I have just an easy or comfortable childhood and I didn't I didn't really get an answer I mean I can look back and think God has used this for good and he's shaped me into who I am through this, but I knew I didn't lose least trust in, in him. He still loved me unconditionally and definitely revealed himself through people and through things in my life that did go well.
0: When our son Mark was 16, he was in a fatal car accident with his friend. And I can really relate to some of the feelings you're describing. Trying to put together God's love and his sovereignty, it was a real wrestling match for me personally to be able to try to reconcile those two. You know, how could this loving God, who I know is all powerful, allow this to happen in my life? And one of the ways that he kept his promises to me, which is exactly what you're describing, is through the people through his people, who really became his arms and his ears and his shoulders and his feet and kept reminding me that he was there. I mean, at one point, I felt as though the Lord was maybe even saying to these people, you know, Sharon doesn't think that I'm here. She thinks I don't love her, that I've really messed up. You be my heart. You be my uh, hug. You be my love. You go to her. And So I couldn't deny that. I couldn't deny that there were people who had faith in him that were coming to me and encouraging me. To be honest. And I think, Joy, that's one thing I would, um, I think you would agree with is that the Lord is not afraid of our questions. He encourages us to come to Him with them. And frankly, I believe that the person who struggles uh, and runs to Him with those questions and the anger and the doubts is really demonstrating great faith because we're running to, we're not running away from Him, we're running toward Him, expecting Him and trusting Him to still love us, even when we are so messy, and maybe saying things that other people would consider heretical, but he's not afraid of that. Uh, He invites those questions. He's big enough. He's big enough to take it. Were there any other ways that God showed himself faithful in the middle of all these hard places?
1: Well, besides, besides people, I think God really revealed to me that he wanted to do something good out of my hardship and in high school in 10th grade one of my friends told me about a camp for grieving kids and she said I think this would be really good for you joy and so there was a there were volunteer opportunities there and I was able to help out I did it for two or three summers and it was kids who is through the hospice program in my, in my hometown and I was able to volunteer and it was kids who'd lost parents and siblings and that was such a pivotal point that I realized that God can use this, and it was really neat to be able to have that way to relate to them that other people couldn't have.
0: Mm, that's pretty remarkable that that you would run to the pain instead of away from it, Run to people who are broken instead of running away from them and and find joy and purpose in that. Now your father did they end up getting divorced?
1: They did. They did my 10th grade year in college. I mean, in high school. I'm sorry, (laughs) my 10th grade year in high school.
0: And then uh, what happened after that in your family?
1: Then my dad was single for a little while, but probably a year after they divorced, he decided he went on a date with someone else that was in our church, dated her for a couple of years, and and then they got married right before I went off to college.
0: So your two sisters are still at home? With, uh, with your dad,
1: one of them is one of them's in college.
0: Okay, and so how was this a better scenario for you for your family?
1: Again, it seemed it seemed good at the beginning, but when we got to know my stepmom's true colors, it was really saddening to find out that my dad had married someone yet again who was toxic and who was didn't seem like she was really there for our family.
0: And what kind of impact did that have on you? You were in college, so you probably didn't experience it as much as your sister, who was still at home.
1: Right. Um, It made me very angry at my dad and, and at God. I was really just thankful that he spared me from being at home during that time, because I was a little bit removed. I still wanted to be there for my sisters, but I was not as up close and involved as they were.
0: And how how do you deal with all those feelings? Because you, you you mentioned that you were pretty angry with the whole situation. How how do you deal with that on a regular basis? Is it a one and done thing? Okay, Lord, here's my anger. I'll get over it. Or is this something you have to deal with on a regular basis?
1: It's definitely not a one and done. I think it I think it comes in cycles. I think there's times when I feel more angry than others. And that's when it's really important for me to reach out to people because if I isolate and sit in how I'm feeling, it makes it worse. And and in those times, if I isolate myself and believe the lies that no one's there for me or no one cares, then that makes me not want to turn to God. So there's been times of both and, also, counseling has really helped me through the years. I went to a really amazing counselor, a Christian woman in college, and that really, really helped. And I, was, I went to a counselor before before college as well. But the, the Christian counselor, she was trained in seminary, and she, she was really, really pivotal in, in helping me go through some of that grief and depression and anxiety. And then I still see a counselor now, even when I feel good. I think it's really helpful to still check in and go once a month or so. I
0: I think what you're sharing is so important because I feel that sometimes in religious or Christian thinking, there is this sense that, well, if you have Jesus, then you're healed. You know, everything is better. Everything is fine. And it's weakness to need outside help. You know, Jesus and me, that's all I need. Um, and yet, I, I from what you're saying and my own experience, is that the biblical counseling is a gift from him. That's part of his promise keeping. You know, when he promises, I'm never going to leave you, I won't forsake you, I'm always going to be there for you. He uses the gifts of other people to come into our lives and to help us walk by faith. I think of the Hebrews 12 passage where it talks about the great cloud of witnesses, that are encouraging us, really. And I have that in my own mind when I was struggling so much. And even today, over 20 years later, there are moments and times where the grief and longing for my son and for what was will overwhelm me. But sometimes I'll think about that cloud of witnesses. It's as though I'm running a race and they're standing on either side of the track cheering me on. And um encouraging me to keep on running to to keep on keeping on, and counseling, good counseling is a gift um, that we should take advantage of and and uh, recognize we need the voices of truth whispering in our ears. Um, this is the way walk in it. So uh, what were some of the things that your counselor told you to uh, are there like like one or two key? truths that your counselor has given you that you hang on to when you're confronted with a loss or if only or wishing or longing for what was
1: one thing that really stuck with me was she told me that that my family is probably never going to be exactly how I want it to be the family that I was born into but she told me that my story can definitely be redeemed later on in my life and that I think she even encouraged me to grieve the loss of my hopes and dreams of what my family could be and what I wish it was. But she really encouraged me that God can redeem this and anything is possible. And maybe one day it will be good and better and it won't be as dysfunctional and broken. But right now I don't have those answers.
0: It sounds like that's something that is ongoing. That, that that's yes. an exercise that would be ongoing. I, I like Even in my own grief journey with the death of our son, the years bring recognition of the ever-widening circle of losses um, that we have, you know, birthdays, Christmases, uh, special events where he's not there, that sort of thing, reminders of there's a broken place in your heart. Uh, so it sounds to me that that's something that you're going to be dealing with For the rest of your life but i appreciate what you're saying also about the choice you have when you're faced with that longing and that you acknowledge it you grieve it and you're trusting that the lord can redeem it in some way and one of the ways i think he is redeeming it is through your investment in other children who have experienced great loss how do you think that your experiences have shaped you into who you are today? I think we've talked about it a little bit, but is there something that you would say, this is, I know for sure that I'm who I am today because of?
1: I think definitely, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I think God has given me a calling to help other people who are hurting. I don't think I would have that awareness to look out for other friends and people in my community that are are struggling with either depression or anxiety or loss. I don't think I would have that awareness or that ability to really step into that kind of situation, I think it's also made me almost fearless that wherever I go, God has gone before me. And so I'm not, I'm not really scared to step into any kind of difficult situation. Usually
0: that's powerful and that's freeing. I would think that that's freeing as you think about life and what life holds for you. You've mentioned your family is a blended family. Uh, what's it like for you as a blended family?
1: Blended families are really a difficult thing. I think. I think that children are always going to have a loyalty to both of their biological parents. Blended families. I think it's really important to be to be very intentional, and the step parents should be very cautious coming in. And that hasn't really happened in my family. Um, my stepmom has kind of spoken to some of the wounds and, that I have and that my sisters have, and sometimes made them worse. And her signs, my stepbrothers, are kind of peripheral. We see them at holidays, and that's about it.
0: So what would you counsel a person, a young person especially, who is experiencing similar circumstances? It may not be because of the death of a parent, but a broken family, a family uh, broken by divorce or some other big loss, how would you counsel that person?
1: I would encourage them, make choices that are healthy for them. And that sometimes you have to take a little bit of space and distance away from that hurt and pain and away from your family sometimes. But be very honest and clear when with your family, with how you're feeling and seeking God through that time is really, really important. I would encourage them to seek counseling and help and Reach out to people in their church um, if that's something that they have. I would also say that setting boundaries is really important. Setting boundaries for what you're comfortable with, and keeping yourself from getting too involved in the, and the dysfunction or too connected where it where it hinders you and and you can't let go, or it's hindering you know things that you're doing in your life too much. I don't
0: know if that makes sense. <laughs> it, it does make sense. Um, but I'm thinking of uh, teenagers, young teenagers, who that is wonderful advice. It's good advice. Um, but I think that uh, they are going to really need strong counsel around them on a regular basis to be able to avoid the drama that is so easy to step into. Adults have a hard time <laughs> staying away from that kind of drama and speaking when they shouldn't be speaking and um, taking the bait you know, for conflict. So I think it keeps coming back to uh, you talked about uh, how important it was to stay connected to your church family and your pursuit of the Lord in those dark moments. And depending on him to give you wisdom and to guide you maybe through somebody else, that you chose not to be isolated when you were really sad or really down, that you had to make choices to accept the invitation from a friend or from someone who was reaching out to you. And we've talked about God a relationship to him, but I know that your relationship to him comes through a personal relationship to Jesus Christ. Why don't you tell us about that?
1: Um, my personal relationship with Christ began when I was really young, when I was seven years old. And it's something that I have just felt his presence and his unconditional love um, for me throughout my entire life. He has been there for me when I've been angry and when I've doubted him. And because of his son that he sent to forgive all of my sins and take on all that burden and all of the pain, that is so amazing to me and something I can't even fathom sometimes. But to know that he knows all those details of my life and that he died on the cross for me specifically.
0: Is there anything, Joy, that you would like to share with that teenager who is listening, who is in a situation similar to you, that uh, you haven't shared yet?
1: Reach out to the people the people in your life and surround yourself with friends who will encourage you and lift you up. Find those people who you can call when you're stuck in the drama and you don't know where else to turn and, and seek God every day by praying to him. Don't be afraid to ask him your questions and your doubts and worries because he can handle that and he cares about every little detail in your life even when you feel like everything's falling apart, he, he is in that, and He's right there with you.
0: I'm Sharon Betters from Marking Ministries, and we really do hope that as you've listened to Joy's story, that you are encouraged that there is help and hope when life hurts. It's possible that you might be wondering what in the world we mean when we talk about a personal relationship to Jesus. Perhaps your religious experience hasn't given you much hope, or maybe you were turned off to church. I would encourage you to take that step toward Jesus, not organized religion, but toward him. Tell him that you're skeptical and you don't really understand this Jesus stuff, but that you're open and you really want to know more. If you don't have a Bible, ask a friend to borrow theirs or borrow one from a library or buy one and start reading the book of John that's in the New Testament. Watch Jesus interact with people. And while you read, ask him to open your mind and your heart to his truth and his love. If you don't attend a local church and don't know how to find one, visit markinc.org and contact our team and we'll help you find a Bible-believing church. When you visit markinc.org, you're going to find many free resources that offer help and hope to hurting people. You'll see that we address life crises that are not only difficult to experience, but they're often experienced in isolation, life crises, such as sexual abuse and divorce and terminal illness and loss of a loved one and so many more. That's Markinc org, markinc.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that your day is better because of what you have heard.